You are listening to episode 241 of the Stuttering School podcast. I am your host, Daniele Rossi, but you can call me Danny, as even fluent fluent speakers, (laughs) oh, the irony, even fluent speakers have trouble saying my name. Uh, I am recording from my home in Toronto in Canada, as per usual, on this very cloudy, actually, I see uh, some bits of blue sky poking through the clouds, so that's a good sign. Uh, Thursday, January the 30th, 2020, the year that has a stutter. That's awesome. (laughs) On this episode, I'll be chatting with Dori Holti, who is a mother of a kid who stutters and author of the book, Voice Unearthed, Hope, Help, and a Wake-Up Call for Parents of Children Who Stutter. That title says it all. If you are a parent of a child or teen who stutters, you'll definitely want to listen to Dori's advice. I'm Dori Holti. I am mom to Eli, who's 23 years old. Um, He's a person who stutters. He started when he was about two and a half. Thank you for coming on, first of all. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And so to give a bit of a background context so um, to listeners, so I received a copy of Stammering Pride and Prejudice, uh, subtitled Difference Not Defect, and I went straight to all of the chapters that had my friends in it. Um, and then it's okay, let's go and you know check out other chapters. And there was one chapter that I thought, hey, I'm uh, oh, sorry, you're probably hearing the wind of the book as no. I flip through. Um, one chapter, I thought, oh, this is about kids giving speech therapy to kids. Um, because I happen to be, um, I happen to have, um, how do I word this? I have a friend who has a six-year-old who's st- actually now he's he's seven. He started stuttering. So he's into speech therapy. And ever since I first heard that he was stuttering, I thought to myself, oh, what do I do? You know, do I, um, uh, you know, tell the parents, it's okay. Stuttering's fine. He's going to enter into a great community of stutterers around the world, this and this. Or what do I do, right? Because, you know, like, yeah, like, what do you tell other parents? You know, they want to, you know, have a nice future for the kids, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Excuse me while I take a drink. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to leave it at, I'll just be a role model slash example of someone who stutters openly. Doesn't matter. It's not my place to tell others what to do until I read your (laughs) chapter. In this book, which made me go, this makes sense. Like this, mm-hmm. it's that m- middle ground, which another chapter in the book totally is the opposite. Actually, I think it's the, fo- no, not the one following yours. Like where they were, the topic was something like, um, you know, um, you know, is speech therapy even good to give to kids, you know, because you're mm-hmm. perpetuating the fluency. And, you know, I'm just going to read a little, I mean, I know I'm monopolizing the conversation no, here. No, please. I'm just going to read some of it. There's a lot of highlights. Like this is the first time, I th- I think the first time in my life I've ever used a highlighter in a book. <laughs> to highlight. Oh I you am know? really honored. Because usually I just use a pencil. You know, so I could race uh, after, but I'm like, no, this is staying good. <laughs> no, 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 no. But this, because I like the way you've summed up the whole experience of stuttering. What's it like to be a kid 
mm-hmm. um, you know, caught up in this world of you got to be normal, you got to be fluent. Uh, no, you shouldn't be normal. No, you shouldn't be fluent. Be an individual, but you got to fix your stutter. And, you know, what parents go through, what do I do? What do I tell my kid? Like, do I, you know, um, you know, practice speech tools with them? Do I not remind them? And it brought back a lot of memory. So very, very quickly, I'm going to read a quote from Craig Coleman, assistant professor mm-hmm. at Marshall University and board certified specialist in fluency disorders. Um I'm only saying that because good to give credit, and I don't know if I'm going to be sued for <laughs> lifting. But in 2015, I hope not. I <laughs> yeah. have not enough words to be sued. I don't think. <laughs> good, good. He says we need to make qual- quality of life the number one priority, and focus on reducing syllable stuttered is negatively. Wait, I'm not reading this right. We need to make quality of life the number one priority, and the focus on reducing syllable stuttered is negatively impacting many children's quality of life well into adulthood. We sometimes pretend as a profession that with preschoolers, we can treat them as if their stuttering is going to go away completely up until the point where it doesn't. And then we can stop on a dime and say, just kidding, now it's okay to stutter. And we're going to successfully manage it. It's a dangerous trap that's hard to move away from when the kid turns seven or eight and is still stuttering. Mm. Uh, You also wrote about you know, Joseph Sheehan's stuttering, uh, the iceberg theory of stuttering about, uh, you know, you wrote Sheehan's theory helps us to understand how observable speech behaviors labeled as stuttering are the tip of the iceberg and blowing that tip off will do nothing to melt away the debilitating fear, shame, guilt, anxiety, hopelessness, isolation, denial that can grow inside. The narrative around support for children must change. We must provide support that focuses on acceptance and nurturing that minimizes the psychological and emotional toll this struggle can have on a child's life. We must not risk risk exasperating that toll with therapy that has fluency as its goal, as sets too many children up to fail. And I can go on and on. And oh, oh wait, I have two more, two or three more. But you know what? Maybe I'll read them at like after our our conversation. I know you have your neighbor who decided (laughs) I'm going to rent myself by the hour a jackhammer and start (laughs) jackhammering the minute that uh, Dory goes on the air here. So I'm going to say that for later. I know, I know. And then I realized, I'm like, shoot, I should have asked her if her son, if your son can join us too. But um, but he's off to school, so. Oh, okay. But this is all about the parents. So this episode is all about the parents. So, yeah, so tell me. So, uh, so act. Actually, one final thing. I know I've been going for six minutes, close to seven. No, um, then at the end, I'm like, oh, she has. She wrote a book and she has a whole website about this and all that stuff. I got to have her on. And it was the first time also in a million years where I jumped on the computer and I immediately emailed you. I was so, this <laughs> is what we need. Because lately, um, there's been a lot of, well, lately, last couple of years, a lot of... Um, online uh flame wars fights about Mm -hmm. fluency versus acceptance you know acceptance Mm -hmm. is bad acceptance is good fluency is bad fluency is good so now the microphone is turned off on my end it's your turn (laughs) so so tell me about voicesunearthed.com Voice on Earth. Yeah, the book was published in, excuse me, you're making me cry. See, I told her. Um, (laughs) It was published in 2011, and I spent about six years, you know, writing about our experiences. 
and also doing a lot of research because as I, I think I talk about this in the article you referred to that, you know, how did this come to be? You yeah. know, these speech therapists, they're, they're very well-intentioned. They're kind people. Exactly. There are no way do they want to do harm. So how did this come to be? So that was, you know, something I just really needed to be able to understand and to talk about. So, um, yeah, so I spent about six years, wrote the book. And, you know, since then, I think my focus has honed on a little more on children, your younger children. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, first of all, my, my motto is, if an adult says it's helpful, it's helpful. I'm not going to argue. You know? yeah. <laughs> if you mm, want to, true. you know, stand in the corner and you think that right. helps, that's your your call, not mine. True. But these younger children are the ones that need a voice, need someone yeah. to advocate for them. And you know, there's no research done on the children who continue to struggle, oh. who have had mm. that therapy. And those mm. are the only ones we really were. You know, those are the ones we need to be engaged with and understand it doesn't matter if the child gets beyond it and 80 percent around 80 percent get beyond it or i I hate to say get beyond it see the behavior Um, subside with or without therapy so how does that therapy impact the children for whom that behavior does not subside that's the question we need to answer it's funny that you mentioned that at the iceland congress that i went to last summer uh, that came up that whole idea of have you followed up with these children that you were trying this research on telling them to stop stuttering and what kind of damage you've caused potentially caused things like that so wow that question Mm. is getting out there and i i I, uh, I'm so thrilled when I when I see it pop up now because to me that gets at the heart of the problem. It does, yeah. It really does, and you can talk to me until your face turns blue about how we have evidence, you know, on these four-year-olds that this worked. I'm not buying it, you know. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't hold up. Yeah, because there's always that pressure of I gotta say it right or else. And then when you when you say something fluently, um, but that one syllable you repeat it twice, right? Like I can I can't tell you how many times I've beat, bent myself over. Ooh, I did. Oh, I did that. I did that. I did that. And then it was only later on in life when I when I when I learned that one, a lot of people don't seem to notice stuttering sometimes, and two, people don't care. Right. And if I'd known that way back when, you know, yeah. And that's what, you know, we need as parents, we need to be empowered with ways to counter that messaging, whether it's internal, the child Um, is deciding this is bad or, you know, they're getting it externally or both. That's what we need to focus on. And in fact, I'm working on, I started wholeheartedly working on my next book, which, um, yeah, and it's, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown's work. It seems like everybody is. I'm sorry. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah but um, so who is she? Shame, she's a shame <laughs> researcher. Sorry, oh, wow. I didn't make you feel oh, no, like no. you should be. No, no. She, Talk she we're, all, really, really... we're all learning uh, here. <laughs> exactly. She had a really, really well-known TED Talk that kind of ah. burst her into the public eye and um, she's written some wonderful books. One of them is uh, The Gift of Imperfect Parenting. 
Mm. and the gift of imperfection and you know all those kind of things so anyway i'm i'm my next book i'm I'm wanting Mm. it to be a book that will empower parents with ways to counter the negative that you know the the things that can happen that Uh. impact the long-term well-being of the child and it's not you know it's not going to be i'm not a speech therapist yeah i'm a parent um and the advice that I will give is the kind of advice that you can use with any child, you know, as mm. I as I research and pull it together, because there's so many great voices out there, but it's hard to have the time to access all of them and yes. kind of, what's the yeah. word, um, pull uh, them together. Yeah. Um, there's a word there, but I can't remember what it is. So that's what I'm trying to do right now. Just, oh, just nice. taking the time to read mm. all of these different authors and talk to people and then also get stories. So you may be one person I might hey, nice. following up with. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I want to be able to weave, you know, weave, weave people's experiences into what I'm coming up with and, um, unfortunately, I've had uh, the American Institute for Stuttering has been very supportive of my work. And um, so I'm hoping, you know, that we can, that they'll be part of the team as this book comes forward. You know, it's oh, not nice. just going to be me, but I'll be engaging other people to mm-hmm. you know, make it as impactful as possible. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it would make a great um, addition. Uh, getting that input from SLPs in the book because right. a lot of SLPs I can imagine have like they're stuck in between a rock and a hard place right it's like on one hand you know stuttering is not going to go away necessarily on the other hand they're being you know the parents are asking me, here help my child like how do you you know do that and um yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the reasons why I had you here on the show. I asked you to come on. It's like, what, what, what? Like, how could you balance that? Because your article and I'm assuming your book too, but uh, um, seems to balance it so well. And 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 it brought me to that conclusion that, uh, you know, back to you know what do I tell other parents? Which has you know ha- happened in the past, and I would say, well, for me, this worked. I uh, would say, yeah, like, I mean, speech therapy isn't wrong for kids as long as speech therapy comes with that, <laughs> pardon the uh, word communication, uh, the whole, you know, the whole uh, psychological aspects, the emotional aspects, the here's what your fears are and how you can overcome them. Here's how you could self-advocate. Here's why stuttering isn't bad. And the whole imperfection, I like that. With this, uh, with this next book you're working on, um, touches on if, if I'm understanding correctly, um, imperfect parenting. Uh, last couple of years, like with, especially with social media, it's been I've noticed. Now I'm not a parent myself, but I've noticed a lot of calling out on parents for doing things that are not bad. But, oh, that's imperfect. You know, how dare you leave your kid by themselves for ten? minutes or you know things like that so i think that's a fantastic um really i'm really i'm really looking forward to what you're going to come up with well thank you it's good <laughs> it's a long process but you know i do want to kind of go back to what you were saying about being a role model um you know i i think that's a fabulous place to start if you have a mm. child or even an adult who stutters in your life 
because so much of the imperfect parenting thing is being a role model for imperfection. Oh, and, right. You know, I've honed it really well. <laughs> That's right. Can, yeah. But, you know, showing your kids that, yeah, we're none of us are perfect. We all screw up. We all have moments that are humiliating or humbling or, you know, we do it and get it wrong. I tell parents that in my Facebook group, I don't know if you did you join my group? I wanted to, but I thought to myself, I'm not a parent. <laughs> so oh. I don't know if... No, it's yeah. okay. We, we welcome adults oh, okay. um, and their perspectives. So, and we're at over okay, 2,300 sure. people now from wow. all over the world. Yeah, nice. it's taken on a life of its own. <laughs> oh, wow. But, you know, I often Good tell job. parents, you know, you're not always going to get it right. Mm -hmm. Let go of the fear. You know, you'll screw it up. They'll yeah. get over it. You'll get over it. Let go of that fear and just, you know, try and focus on how you can best, you know, support happy, healthy, productive yeah. children, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, um, I wanted to ask, I'm not sure how to articulate this question. It's a very simple question. Um, so what would your advice to parents so that panicked parent that comes oh my kid just started stuttering um yeah what what would you tell tell them well and i get that question almost on a daily <laughs> every day basis on my facebook group yes <laughs> yeah um you know i say my goal right now is to help parents understand that when you use the term speech therapy you really have no idea what you're talking about mm. you need to understand what is meant by Excellent. that what that therapist means when they say speech therapy, early intervention, mm -hmm. some therapists give my book as early intervention. Other therapists, you know, burn it in their, <laughs> in their lobby as early intervention. Mm -hmm. um, that parents need to educate themselves and understand the controversy, the disagreement, the um, uncertainty. One, one very well-known therapist out of the U.S. said, it's the Wild West out there. You know, wow, that bad. It, wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then this was somebody whose name you probably know. That could have been Craig Coleman. Now that I think. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I didn't anyway. see that quoted. And no, no. Yeah. You know, but it is. And, and you know, had we understood that from the yeah. beginning, I think we might have done things differently. When I but we didn't. When know? I when I was a kid in the eighties getting speech therapy, I thought speech therapy was Going to stop my stuttering like you're mm -hmm. gone forever mm -hmm. i totally yeah to know that yeah uh that it's not a cure and there have been conversations online like why would you be so cruel and tell a kid that there's no cure and all that stuff you know and i go well, well it's yeah, good to know you did and right, some you kids did. it is going to subside was it cured? Yeah. Oh, i don't know but i think that you know if i can just get parents to demand as consumers because they're the ones making these decisions. That's right. To demand that, or first of all, to educate themselves and to understand the options and decide what's best for them and their family. They exactly. may choose an option that I wouldn't choose. Right. You know, but I, I, I just want them to understand that they deserve options. They deserve safe options. They deserve to understand the risks. Mm-hmm. You still go out to the main, you know, support organizations. They don't talk about this. No, no, that is true. It's um, there's a lot of 
like you say, uh, so much information out there, but nothing pulling it together into one thing right. to say, here's all of your options that right. you have. Yeah, you know, I've never realized that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, what do you call it, a girth or a, there's a, oh, another term there. Bloat? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Information bloat? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I get accused of being anti-speech therapy, and, you know, I'm really not anti-speech therapy. It depends on what you're calling speech therapy yeah, yeah. and what kind of support that person is giving to a parent or a child. You know, I'm not, some of it's good, some of it's not so good. Yeah, it's it's funny how much of a fine line, is it called fine line, or volatile, maybe volatile or what a friend of mine calls radioactive, um, you know, perceptions of a word or of a perspective, you know, wow, mm -hmm. so you're advocate or, or you're saying speech therapy should be changed. So therefore, you're <laughs> anti speech therapy. Right, um, right. This is a great segue to another highlighted area of your book, where it's under cowboy therapy, <laughs> the sub mm -hmm. uh, or the subheading. Uh, we learn the importance of creating opportunities for Eli to be in charge, to build confidence and to pursue his passions. We learn that different situations call for different kinds of listening, dropping everything and zero, zeroing in with eye contact every time he opened his mouth was adding unnecessary pressure. So I probably should have read the paragraph before this one to explain. This was all about, actually we did touch on um yeah, the fact that focusing everything, like the whole world revolves around your speech. You are right. not using speech tools and the parent has to, you know, look them in the eye right. and speak slowly and this and this. So, uh, yeah, so long story short, cowboy therapy, he, um, I guess you guys had gone on vacation to a ranch somewhere and he was all happy and talking all of a sudden and all that. Not quite. That's oh, not no, quite. You'll have to, yeah. It, we, um, My actually reading connect... comprehension skills was never good. <laughs> Go <laughs> well, ahead. the whole story isn't in that chapter. So, yeah. you know, oh, okay. um, we actually connected with this cowboy therapist who was a speech therapist out of University of Wisconsin, River Falls. He had retired, but he kind of went back for one class because he didn't, I don't think he liked being retired, but he had <laughs> a ranch with like 50 horses. Wow. And we connected up with him through somebody else referred us to him. And at that point we were at our wits end and I was like, no, I'm not taking this kid to any more therapy. So we talked with him on the phone and it was clear. He said, don't bring the kid. Let's meet up at a restaurant. We'll talk. And we did. It turned out Eli, Eli had loved horses since he was like tall enough to get on his little springy horse in the dining room <laughs> and listen to cowboy songs, you know, yeah. So uh, we just said, we're going to take you to this guy's place and you're, we're going to visit, you know, with him and his horses. And we continued to do that for three years, <laughs> about Ooh, twice a month. Wow. Um, he had no idea that Jerry was a speech therapist. <laughs> and Jerry's very eccentric. Um, eccentric can be fun. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Eccentric in Some, uh, what way? Sometimes a little more than I was comfortable with, you know, but <laughs> if, if you read the book, you'll get a little feel for that. Oh, okay. um, but, you know, and I think I talk about it in the chapter. The one thing he said is, you know, his previous therapy sucked all the fun right out of talking and we need to get him talking again. And so we ended up 
every other week or so, we'd haul out hour and a half drive to Jerry's ranch and Eli would help. He did. It wasn't like horse therapy where Eli was riding the horses, <laughs> but he was, you know, helping him clean the stalls and helping him feed the horses. And, and, you know, so Jerry was role modeling for us ways to let Eli take oh. charge, let him take the lead. I've got a wonderful picture of the two of them out in the pasture, Jerry sitting on the back of the pickup truck and Eli's pacing back and forth, just yammering, 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 you know, and, and that Jerry said, this is what you need to make happen. It doesn't matter how much he stutters, but you need to f understand what circumstances, you know, are around the times that he just talks and talks and talks and talks and try and recreate Ooh. them as often as possible yeah. so that he has a positive communicative experience you know, without judgment. And that just made so much sense. So, so we did that for about three years. Um, mm. And then we'd meet up with him in a restaurant in between the weeks and my husband and I would, and he would, you know, we'd, he'd give us his observations and that sort of thing. And then after three years, I was working on the book at the time and I was afraid Eli was going to maybe pick it up and read it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. So he, he didn't know that you were working on the book. <laughs> He knew I was working on a book. Not a book about him. <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting question. He might have known it was about our journey, but he he I don't he just didn't know that Jerry was a speech therapist. He didn't, he oh, didn't okay. know about that yeah. aspect of the book. Mm. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Yeah. Um anyway, so then we did share with him that that, ooh, that Jerry was a speech therapist. Um, he thought it was hysterically funny. He was just like, you're oh, kidding good. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Because I was about to ask what I happened know, when he found out. <laughs> I do yeah. a, a Q&A with some grad students out of City University, New York. And the last group was, you know, they just seemed really concerned about Eli. And did he feel betrayed and <laughs> all this kind of thing. And it happened to be the day Eli was coming home. He's in grad school now. He was coming home that day. So he walked in and I said, Eli, I have a question for you. I don't, I, I just said, you know, did you have feelings of like, you don't trust us anymore or, oh, you know, wow. feelings of betrayal or whatever. <laughs> I mean, did it hit you that way at all when we told you Jerry was a speech therapist and he thought for a minute and then he said, you know, if trust had been an issue prior to that, it probably would have had an impact. Oh, wow. But he said, oh. it wasn't. Hmm. I knew, you know, you did it for a good reason. So that made me feel better. <laughs> oh, wow. Does, does he still go to help out with the uh, horses? No, <laughs> he hasn't been for a while. Um, Jerry is now fully retired, and Eli is up in Grand Forks, North Dakota, in a space exploration program. Wow, nice. Doing work with NASA, putting himself right out there, stuttering nice. all. You know what? I'm meeting a lot of people who stutter that work in the space agency <laughs> world. Like... European Space Agency, JPL. I know someone else at JPL that's that he's working on exoplanets. You know, oh, like wow. Interesting. Yeah, I know another kid who stutters who's I'm not sure if he's in university yet or about to start next year going into space. Yeah, yeah. I've Flight been yeah, there have been a stuff. few that have popped up. Nice. Nice, yeah. nice. So. so um another quote here from your book that you wrote and as 
we just discussed. We learned that it was far more important to raise a happy, well-rounded, productive, and confident child than a child who doesn't stutter. We need our kids to understand that stuttering is in no way equal to failure. So, uh, obviously, Eli is in university, as you've mentioned right now. So, what's he like now? <laughs> well, I think I talked about it in the chapter. I realized out of our three sons, he's the extrovert. Oh, right. Yes, I, I remember yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah. That just blew <laughs> me away. I was like, oh, my goodness, you're right. He it's a weird, day. Especially, um, especially the part when 12 years ago, I thought I started in this podcast. I thought... Holy crap, I'm doing a podcast and I stutter. That makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> you were saying, sorry, I completely cut you off. There you go. No, <laughs> that's a great example. Um, yeah, he, he's very funny. He's just got that snarky, dry, very funny guy. He's got lots of friends. He um, loves his cat. He, <laughs> you know, he, he uh, is in his second year of grad school and really enjoying it. And um, he's just, He's just a great kid. I mean, he's in his 20s and, you know, 20s are hard. Yeah, yeah. 20s are hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I look back now. I go, holy crap, how did I survive that? Exactly. <laughs> like, not, I, like, like not only elementary school. That's mm. what I've been At telling them. Time. It's really hard. So don't, <laughs> don't think this is supposed to be easy because big decisions. Yeah. But, yeah, but he's doing great. He still struggles with his speech. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be quite severe. Yeah. So what are his attitudes now? If he doesn't mind us talking about him or, or if, no, feel free to say, no, I'm not going to talk about my son or, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a bad question to ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your question? I, I, um, how does he feel about his stuttering now? Or oh. maybe, or maybe what I could do is I could re reword it to be, um, um, is stuttering ever like, like does it ever come up in conversation like, oh, like with the yeah, family or anything absolutely. like that absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely it's um you know he's not the oh i'm so proud of my stutter kind of person mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. you know it's like no not really you know i think yeah. he, you know he certainly would rather not have to deal with it but um he um it just isn't such a focus and such a such a overwhelming issue anymore mm. You know, it's still an issue. He still would rather it wasn't the way it was, but it's not everything all, you know, a, the whole world is about my stutter. Right. Yeah. It's not at all. In fact, it's very, very little of his world is about his stutter. Yeah. Not that he likes it, but it doesn't. It just you doesn't know. revolve. Yeah. I call that the uh, karma, I guess, of stuttering, where you reach that point where, you know what? my world just doesn't revolve around it. You know, I have other things I can do. Everybody has their imperfections or their thing or their quirk or whatever it is you want to call it. Someone, uh, I read a post on Facebook the other day where someone wrote, um, it's like another uh, whole argument online is whether stuttering is a disability or not. And then she wrote, I don't see it as, as a disability. I just see it as as an accent, you know? Like that, oh, yeah, That's yeah. Good. So that yeah. kind of karma, kind of. <laughs> we were talking about that one's disability, and Eli said, "Well, can I get money for it?" <laughs> That's an college? excellent point. <laughs> actually, said, that <laughs> actually that was one of the points raised in um, one mm -hmm. of the keynotes in Iceland Congress. Like, well, 
if it's you know if, if you can get you know awareness out of it money out of it accommodation out of it um like not get money so you can you know be uh, rich but money that um, go to college that's, to go that's to, yeah like if it helps you with that if it gets you you know uh, you know if the money's there hey you know <laughs> and <laughs> if it is classified as a disability in your country or province mm-hmm. or state yeah you know why yeah. you not but yeah i mean it is all you know up to you like well is it one is it not right, you know so right yeah i always have my favorite eli story is when he was in undergraduate school he walked up to a woman, he needed directions. I didn't know where he, he must've just started. He walked up to a, a student, female student, and and he got, he blocked, you know. And she said, oh, are you having a seizure? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and he said, when he, when he got going, he said, no, but hell, I could have been, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Response. Hell, I could have been, but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Humor goes a long way. Yep, yeah, it sure does. It yeah. sure does. Yeah, I'm pl- uh, planning future episodes talking about humor when Ooh. it comes to starting awareness, disclosure, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Good. So you're gonna have Nina G. I have. Yeah, I, I have had had, uh, had her in my podcast before. Yeah, hilarious. Hilarious times. <laughs> yeah. I need to add your podcast to my list of research. Uh, oh, thank you. Avenues, so. <laughs> it's fun to be able to, at this point right now in my life, make the time to mm. just immerse myself in all of these things that come up because I've been wanting to for so long. But we went to the UK for two months in September, October, November. Mm. And prior to that, I was, I do grant writing for nonprofits. So I was just taking as many clients as I could get to, you know, to get us through this trip. So now I feel like I have a little breathing space. Oh, good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is your passion project, your big passion project. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And the trip to the UK was very affirming. Um, That was, the reception was just amazing. Yeah, that so, was that was was that the launch of the Stammering Pride and Prejudice book, or was that like an event around it? Or it was the uh, launch of okay. the book that sort of what timed us to go when we did. But then we uh, we went around and met. I got about half of the people in my Facebook group are from the UK, so I got mm. to meet up with some of them, which was really fun. Oh, awesome! And then um, I was invited to speak at two different universities in Manchester, so that was wow. pretty special. Um, and otherwise, we just had fun and hung out and played tourist. Yeah, nice. Well, you're definitely making a difference oh, to you. lives. So it's uh, really great to have you here. So once again, where can people find all of your info on how they can, you know, how parents can uh, sign up to your Facebook page or group and, yeah, yeah. website, your vlog? <laughs> Yeah, I should be doing more on that. Um, yes, it's Voice on Earth. Uh, VoiceOnEarth.com is the website. Um, it also has uh, something I, I did a few years back, but it's still fun. It's a wall of inspirational role models mm-hmm. of people who stutter, who are out there living their lives. So parents can go look at that and and say, oh, yeah, okay, my kid's going to be okay. You know? Yeah, <laughs> this yeah is the that's end very of the important. Yeah. Yeah. So, um we should get you on there, Daniel. 
Uh -oh. um, <laughs> I haven't updated it in, in, in a while. So yeah, and then the Facebook group, Voice Unearthed, um, and the book is available on Amazon mm -hmm. and as an ebook. And hopefully the next book will be out within the next hopefully it won't take six years like the last one yeah yeah i'm working on my next book i'm going oh man i want this done now <laughs> i don't want it to take years but you, you know, know good art and good writing takes a long good time it, it needs its yes, TL it tlc yeah so you have books out there Yes, I have one book, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because this episode is brought to you by <laughs> the Stuttering. <laughs> I all I always forget to talk about my uh, book. I stuttering, know. it's called I mean, Stuttering is Cool: uh, A Guide to Stuttering in a Fast Talking okay. World. It has some comics in it, and my, you know, it just like your book. Um, my book, you know, I'm not an SOP. Uh, it's just my life experiences, what I found works for me, uh, which is all about acceptance and being open with your story, having a sense of humor about it, uh, getting out of your comfort zones and building up that desensitization. And uh, mention, yeah, comics featuring Frankie Banky, a fox who stutters. And uh, yeah, uh, that's available only at stutteringiscool.com. Well, it's available on Etsy, but. It'll be easier if you just go to stutteringschool.com and then you can find it there. There is an ebook version on the Apple Bookstore and Google Play Store. So all the information is there. Eventually, I'll have it on Amazon and such. I just got to figure out how. <laughs> uh, that's a, it's a, and you know what's really terrible is I actually did download your book <laughs> last oh. week. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is sounding familiar. This sounds in <laughs> Did Frank, you read it? Frank, no, Frank, I know. See, I remember him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. and then and then yeah, we were talking. How I say, yeah, when I saw your picture in the book, I like I know her. We <laughs> chatted briefly at the NSA. I'm not. When was the last time you went to the NSA? Uh, I was in Atlanta. So maybe it was then. 2016. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. probably then, or maybe even before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, could have been because I've been to a yeah. few NSA and friends too. So yeah, I still gotta get myself to a friends conference. So mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, well, thank you again for coming on to my show and uh, helping and helping more parents um, and welcome. SOPs, you know, understand like what their options are. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Daniel. It's been just a pleasure, a joy, fun. Yeah. You're a great interviewer. Oh, thanks. I hope so. <laughs> and a big thank you to your neighbor for turning off the jackhammer. So you can go back to, uh, and I hope it's not too long because now you have to deal with jackhammer noises. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I can I, I can deal with it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I went through, I think it was two days of drilling next door. They were building a pool and the walls were shaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you should have told me. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go back. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Daniel, for having me on your podcast. It was an honor. Thank you. And that was my chat with Dory Holty from Voice Unearthed. Definitely check out her website, Facebook group, book, vlog. She's a very busy woman, this one. <laughs> I'll have links to everything we mentioned today in the show notes over at stutteringiscool.com, including a link to where you can purchase your own copy of the Stammering Pride and Prejudice book, that, Dory, that Dory's article appeared in. And speaking of which, here is another quote from her article. I have it right here. It's a, little, it's, it's a little bit long, but I love it. Eli didn't become increasingly silent because he stuttered. He became silent because he felt overwhelming shame around his stutter. How would this have played out if we had focused on minimizing shame rather than fixing the stutter? 
we'll never know, but from the time Eli was three until he was around nine, he was continually judged for his speech, even when people were not intending to judge. Even success successful therapy session increased expectations of success for all of us around his ability to talk without stuttering. Every week we struggled to hide our disappointment and frustration when his struggle continued and even worsened. He became increasingly sensitive to our reactions, and to this day he struggles more with us than with most others. This is what, what we risk when we expose our children to continual judgment around their speech, especially those children who persist in stuttering beyond the preschool years. So then there's another one, uh, just a very, very quick one. Um, first, let me take a little drink. Um because I have a lot of dry mouth happening. The narratives children adopt are greatly shaped by their parents' narratives, and that's where therapy needs to start. We need to develop safe and effective support focused on parents and driven by outcomes that include maintaining or increasing level of a child's verbal output, overall confidence, feeling of empowerment, and their engagement in the world around them. This stuff I'm saying is golden. So definitely check it out. And the rest of the book, it's all about, um, you know what, even though I recorded this this morning, don't remember if I already said this, but the book is full of stories about how, how stuttering is stigmatized. And it's a lot of, um, uh, you know, research base and also opinion art, art articles. So there's a lot of uh, contrasting opinions, contrasting um Actually, opinions, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. So you do get um, quite a lot of, again, information <laughs> bloat, but I, but I wouldn't call it bloat. And Nina G was mentioned, comedian Nina G. She also has an article in here as well. So um, pitching too many books in this <laughs> in, on this episode, but it's all good. So uh, yeah, well, I want to hear from you. It's your turn now. Uh, use your voice memo app on your phone and record, well, say five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, whatever. Want to hear your thoughts on today's topic or any other topic? Maybe, maybe uh, this will be a great time for you to take a step out of your comfort zone and record yourself stuttering and have it put on a podcast. And then email it to me at stutter at, sorry, um, no, email it to me at coolstutter at gmail.com and I'll play it on the next episode. Well, until then, <clears throat> may my voice clear up and may your stuttering always be with confidence. Ciao.